I was just saying. I don't care about your opinion. I just well, I'll think... tell you what I think. What's that you say? Would you just listen? I don't think so. Remember, ladies, one must not get one's knickers in a twist. I just... Please listen. I'm trying to help you. Listen. I don't think so. Excuse me. Well, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Hey. Hey. Listen. Shut up and listen. All right, guys. Before we officially get the show underway, I need to talk with you about something. So, as you know, if you follow me on Twitter, my periods have become atrocious in my 30s. On top of that, I don't really like leaving my house. So, imagine how happy I was to find a new product called Lola, which essentially delivers custom tampons to your doorstep every month. And it doesn't even have to be every month. You can have it be every other month. You can cancel at any time. It's absolutely incredible. And it comes with like a really cute note. It's really sweet. It's really nice. On top of that, they're 100% organic cotton. And the thing that I really love more than anything is that I no longer have to waste money buying a massive box of super plus tampons to then have to wear the super plus tampons when my period flow is going back to normal or becomes light. So for me, my (laughs) period box, the Lola subscription box that I get has a lot of super plus tampons and then a few regulars and then one or two light ones for the ending of it all. And it is so incredible and so amazing. I'm so upset that I didn't have this in my life in my 20s, but I'm so grateful that I get to have it now because as I get older and my period gets worse, the less I want to go outside and I love anything that gets to be delivered to my doorstep on top of the fact that I really love the fact that these are a hundred percent organic cotton. Um, and Lola is founded by women and it's for women, obviously, because I'm talking about tampons. But for me, whenever I talk about a product on this show, I really want to make sure that it is founded by women um, you know, uh, women of color, you know, um, any, any, anyone that is essentially not a straight white male, unless that straight white male is truly, truly exceptional. Um, and the thing that's amazing is that they're offering now pads and liners as well as non-applicator tampons for those that are looking for a more environmentally friendly option. Now, here's the thing that's so awesome. You guys get 60% off your first order by visiting mylola.com and entering promo code LISTEN. 60% off your first order. That is is amazing. That's incredible. Um, and the thing that's even more incredible is that the subscription is super flexible. You can change, skip, or cancel at any 
time. So for all of my lovely peeps out there that like support women, are women, um, and really want to support women-run businesses, support Lola, your your vet your vag your vagina will thank you. I know mine has. And now let's officially get on with the show. And don't forget again, go to mylola.com promo code listen. 60% off. It's amazing. Bye. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Shut Up and Listen. Um, it's not as hot today as last episode. Um, but also, like, I'm not in the kitchen where I normally do this. Um, and I don't have a couch yet. I was just talking about that with um, my guest. So we're sitting on chairs and it's, it's strange. It's weird. I feel weird about it. We'll, we'll see how this goes. Um, seating is so important. So if anybody has a couch that lives in Los Angeles, that's inexpensive and uh, leather, let me know. So, okay. Just like to break it right now. Um, there is a homeless kitten that needed a home and it's kitten season here in Los Angeles. I eat. If you find a kitten, don't bring it to a shelter because they will euthanize them right away. So we have a new addition to our little brood. Her name is Luna. She's four to five months old. Um, <clears throat> and she had a brother who also got rescued. Um, I would love to be able to take all the animals in the world, but I can't. Um, and she's a little spitfire and it's also the full moon tomorrow. Um, but it'll be past full moon by the time you guys hear this, because this episode isn't for this week, obviously. Anyway, um, it is early. This is like, this is like one of the earlier podcasts that I've recorded. I normally do it in like the evening. Um, and I'm so excited about, this person that I have next to me, um, I have a feeling that there might be a lot of swearing involved in this conversation today, um, based off the fact that we're both very, very passionate about the fuckery that's going on <laughs> in this world right now. Um, she's a comedian. Um, she is a woman. <laughs> um, Rhea Butcher. Hello. Hi. Heather, how are you? I'm good. How are you, man? I'm good. I'm enjoying being around all these animals. It's it's real fun. This cat is like just getting in. She was trying to play with my boot a second ago, which is a fun one. I've never seen that before. Just the the toe of my boot. (laughs) She is. I mean, she is. I've never. She literally like when we when we rescued her, like went over to this like person's house And she like had these two kittens and Nenea, you know, my sweet love who's obsessed with cats, um, was like, okay, I'm going to bring Nenea and like, let's see if like how it goes. And I like bought a carrying case and blah, blah, blah and all the shit. And when I got there and Nenea was crying and she was just like, I want one. (laughs) And this little one, Luna just went right into the carrying case and was like, all right, let's go. Well, 
let's go. Yeah, and she's just like up for it. She's up for it, and she like didn't hide. She yeah. didn't do it. Like when she got here, she just like checked it out and made it her own, and yeah. was like, all right, what's up? It's hard to. I've had a lot of cats in my life, and. I've not had many cats like that. And when you do get a cat like that, you're like, oh, this is, this is a cool cat. (laughs) I've had a lot of really angry cats that definitely it felt as though they wished I hadn't interceded in their life. (laughs) And they were very angry with me about that. But then I had one cat that was like basically a dog and he was pretty great. What was his name? His name was Henry. (gasps) Named after, um, hot air henry from that it was like a kid's book that was on reading rainbow about a gray cat that got on a hot air balloon um that i really enjoyed a lot so i named him after that he was an orange tabby cat that i found when doing yard work for a neighbor (gasps) took him home and had him for like eight months or so Mm -hmm. what happened feline leukemia oh jesus which was if you ever have a cat with feline leukemia just spend some solid time with them and then let them go (laughs) because the vet like tried to I mean, we paid for like all these surgeries and stuff and it was really just like putting this cat through too much, you know, for something that they just can't, you know, it's like, it's very highly contagious and terrible. Um, so I always tell people like, Hey, if your cat gets feline leukemia, just spend some really quality time with them and then let them go. <laughs> Cause it just is not good for the cat or you. Oh my God. That, uh, yeah, it was super sad. And we had our, we, I, I grew up. Um, in my grandparents' house, my mom and I moved back in with her parents when my parents got divorced, like soon after I was born. So they had a cat and had had that cat. And it was also, you know, my cat, we had this family cat for so long. And then I brought Henry into it. And for some reason we just kept them separated. Mm -hmm. So it was a blessing because that other cat didn't get it because we kept them on separate floors of the house. So luckily it didn't spread to the other cat. Wow. Because it's like they can just touch noses and they give it to the other one. Oh my God. It's like, yeah, it's really bad. So Wow. I feel like this is a podcast with listeners that care about animals a lot. So I felt like it was a good time to share that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, Miniature information boost. Yeah, I would. I would absolutely hope. I had a dog named Henry. Mm. Um, it's a good pet name. It's a... And <clears throat> I've only named two animals in my mm-hmm. life. Luna, mm-hmm. um, which my partner really named, uh-huh. um, and my cat Fiero. Oh yeah. Like mm-hmm. the only two That's animals, it. like Nenea, she already had her name. Mm-hmm. Henry had his name. I really do, especially if an animal is older, like three, four or five years old mm-hmm. or even two that you don't change their name. Yeah, you don't change the name that they've been given that they've grown used to. Yeah. I mean, you can... If you feel weird about that name, you can call them something else with similar syllables because <laughs> they don't know the name. They know the way it's said, you know, you think so. I think so. Because so my dog Murph came with his name, which mm-hmm. is and it fit and it seemed perfect. Um, but I can say other things like squirf and he know he comes to that, you know, so like I feel like as as long as you keep it close in the sound family then they totally know what's up that's interesting yeah because like with this one with nenea i'm pointing and you guys obviously can't everybody see everybody can see <laughs> everybody turn on your third eye <laughs> be here with us that i don't i i lost it i, I 
I didn't commit to that joke. <laughs> um, I didn't. I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> but like with this one, Nenea, who um, I really do believe like is a cat in a dog's body. Mm-hmm. Um, bye, tag along. Bye. Um, Tagalong's been very Tagalong I swear to god Dude They're really into my Hello Come on up She's like I want to snuggle with her Um You can tell that I have Another small dog That's the same size as you It's that They can tell It's like fucking Christ The truth The truth is this I don't know where I would be Especially Now If I didn't have Four-legged magical beings in my life. Yeah. I spent a long time not having them around because I didn't have a life that could uh, have them around. And it's nice having them around again. And I think, you know, it is like a privilege to care about animals and care for them and stuff. Especially now there's uh, humans that need our help. Um, But I do think that I personally like to be reminded that... (laughs) This is the purpose of humans. Like we could be living a life of taking care of all these things that we've been given on the planet, you know, animals and, and plants and there it's unending. We could be spending time just like taking tending to that. Cause I think that's ultimately what our job was supposed to be. So every now and then to like reconnect with that, I think also can help you reconnect with human beings and helping them too. Oh yeah, I hate human beings. <laughs> yeah. I I don't like people. Um and and the truth is is that I say that I I hate humans, but that's also because I love humans right, so much. You hate the humans that truly hate humans. You I know, think is what you mean. Maybe. What I would say is this, more to the point. Mm-hmm. You know, individuals that are not willing to do the quote unquote work Mm -hmm. in whatever way, shape and form in order to grow, um, and evolve and change in whatever way and are able to admit when they're wrong, Mm -hmm. being able to develop. And I don't use this word in that way that I used to hear it, but humility in regards to, I was wrong. I apologize. Mm -hmm. I learned the lesson getting to move on. Um, and I don't have time, nor do I have patience. Mm -hmm. Um, nor do I have any leniency anymore regarding those that willfully choose to stay in their ignorance and selfishness and self-centeredness. Totally. Like that's, that's really what it is. Mm -hmm. But individuals that are willing to change and are willing to grow, um, I have room for, because I get to see you're, you're doing the work. Mm -hmm. Like you're doing the work. I, I don't think that there's any excuse to not do the work. And I know that like, like individuals that are working three jobs that have four kids that literally can't catch a fucking break and are almost on autopilot. Um, again, I don't think it's so black and white. Um, I do understand that like getting to quote unquote, do the work to a certain degree is a privilege. And 
I guess it's really when people aren't willing to admit that they're afraid. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, it's a, something that I've been thinking a lot about in my life is um, that both things are true. Mm. That like, so it applies to many things right? yeah. because, and I'm not talking about fake news and I'm not talking about all that bullshit because that's a completely different thing. Um, but so what you're talking about, because I, I think a lot about a lot of people in my life who, you know, you're you're talking about people who refuse to admit that they're wrong. There are a lot of people that could never see that they even are. And it's not a possibility, um, and a person is not necessarily an evil person based on that. Because you're also talking about, I mean, people in my own life who have suffered a lot of, like, emotional abuse and trauma, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and who would never even admit to that, because that would mean that something bad happened to them, perhaps at the hands of someone that's supposed to care about them. Yes. So admitting that then means you're you're um throwing somebody under the bus that you're not supposed to someone that's supposed to take care of you right um i know this is very this we're getting really into it right away i love it i love it and so that say that person then suffers this emotional abuse this trauma they get to a point in their life where they're like i don't understand why this is happening to me then you try to explain to them that then they're upset because well that's that's this person. That's that person. I can't. I can't say that about this person. They're they're my mom or my dad or my uncle or my aunt or whatever. But both things are true. Yeah, <laughs> it still happened, and I you're still uh, living your life from this position of trauma, and you don't even realize it. So it's trying to understand like a whole approach because you can't just throw out people just because they don't agree with you. Yeah, absolutely. But at the same time, you find the disagreement to be deplorable so how do you you know it's it's super complicated i find myself talking to you know uh i try to talk to white people because i see white people on the internet jumping in people of color's mentions to tell them what they should and shouldn't think or not all white people and i don't think it's the responsibility of people of color to educate white people. Right? Amen to that. <laughs> so Amen. Like, um, and also, like, if I could try to pull some of that, uh, you know, tweet storms of white people towards people of color away and towards me, it's like just trying to pull just a little bit of that away so that there's a little bit more balance. It's, like, so minimal and it's not a lot, but just trying to, like, engage white people as a white person, because it's so bizarre when you start speaking and saying white people, white people get really angry when you call white people, white people. Yeah. Because and it's simply just yeah. saying like white people say this or, Hey, white people, we need to stop doing this. I also am trying to never say they, when mm. I talk about white people, because yes. I am a white person. Yes. So I am included in this group. I didn't yes. vote for Trump. I don't support that guy. I've known what he's about this whole time. Yeah. But that does not set me apart from a group of people that have been ruling this country since they stole it. Yeah. Because I have benefited from it every day. Absolutely. Whether, whether I have a receipt on a Tuesday that I benefited from it, I did. Yeah. I like whatever. So I just think the both things are true. 
I'm trying to pick off the people that we agree on most things, and then the things that we disagree on are not doing a lot of harm, if that makes sense. Can you give me an example? Yeah, I'm trying. I can't think of like specific people or belief systems or anything. So there's a lot of division on the left, right? The quote left. Because to me, there's two. There's literally two sides of this. <laughs> there's people that support what's going on, and there's mm-hmm. people that don't. Yes. And I, I hope that we could get to that point because that's really the only way we can have a critical mass to get mm-hmm. anything done. Mm-hmm. Because if we are divided on any of this stuff, it they're going to keep winning because yes. they will just get together. Yes. They will 100% get, just get together. They did already. And I'm from Ohio. I've watched it happen my whole life. That's why Ohio votes Republican down ticket and votes democratic in the presidential race because they want their Republican Catholic checks and balances in that state. That's what, what I watched my whole life. So that's why they vote Republican is abortion period. So if to me, there's a lot of division. People are infighting. Like, all this shit is happening. We have to get together. So, to me, I'd rather spend more time with people that maybe didn't vote the way I voted, but we agree on all the policies and everything. Then let's get together and stop fighting about the things that are actually not as relevant. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, we're just, like, we all have to get together, you know? And it's hard, but... I think ultimately it would pay off. So I I don't really have specific examples, but if somebody is like, says, you know, gay marriage was, we went a little too hard at that. Well, I disagree because to me in this country, we had to go, we have to change laws. We've always had to do that. We've always had to change laws on the books for any amount of progress. That's why the civil rights bill had to be passed in 1960. Four. Four, thank you. And, you know, like, you have to do it on the actual books in this country. That's how America works. Like, you have to have a law that you can point to and say, no, you can't do that anymore. And here in 2017, obviously that doesn't always pan out because you yeah. can just rip them off, rip the pages back out. Um, so to me, gay marriage was a way to try to push the LBG- LGBTQ community forward and hopefully keep the chain going and pulling everybody through. And there is division. There's like big gay, there's money and, you know, white queers are getting more focused than queers of color. Mm -hmm. And so you, we have to be able to say like, Hey, I hear what you're saying. We should support it because they're going to try to take it away. And I also want to support all these other issues. You know, it's like everything has to be like super nuanced and super specific. Um, but I do think it's possible. I don't know. I'm just going on a tie right now. I'm like, I don't even know what I'm talking about. No, no, I, I, I'm, I'm tracking every, every single thing you're saying, you know, and so just so I get to be clear. So Mm -hmm. we're on the same page. Mm -hmm. So when you just said that, if somebody said like, we went too hard on the marriage thing, are Mm -hmm. you talking about somebody from the LGBTQ community? I am because I think if, if you're not from the LGBTQ community yeah. and you're saying that, you just don't have any business yeah. saying it. Like, thank you for your support, but at this time, like, focus on something else. Yeah, Because if you're, if you're outside of a community, if you do not count yourself as part of that community, because mm-hmm. there are many communities that I, like, want to support, I am not part of those communities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it's not my place to come into a Black Lives Matter meeting and be like, excuse me, this is what you should be doing and you're doing it wrong. Oh, fuck yeah. If somebody asks me my opinion, 
I will gladly give it. Mm-hmm. If I walk up to a straight person who's like, hey, how could we do this better? Like, yeah, that it's, it's a, you know, it's the hierarchy of the thing you have to be aware of at all times. Like you don't just get to walk in and tell people what to do all the time. Yeah. And I think, you know, white people are taught to do that. We're taught to do that from day one. And so a lot of it is teaching yourself to be quiet and listen. I mean, the name of your podcast is shut up and listen. (laughs) So it's like, perfect. Like you have to do that. And it is like a mindfulness and it, it helps the person that's shutting up and listening. It helps the people that get to speak. You know, it's like the whole thing. Yeah. It's, I mean, I, I, you know, I was just talking about this pretty recently and I was, I was talking about how, cause have you been out always? Um, well, what do you mean by always? I mean, have (laughs) you, when you recognized Mm -hmm. that you were attracted to women Mm -hmm. and I know that you said that you grew up, you grew up in Akron, right? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, born and raised 24 years. And uh, did you grow up Catholic? Well, it's a little complicated. Okay. So to answer your first question, no, because I knew that I was different when I was like four. So like Mm -hmm. when you're like three or four years old, that's when you start to have a realization of yourself Mm -hmm. and that you're not, that you are a human being and you exist and all those things. And so, um, I knew I was different than everything that I was seeing and interacting with because I didn't, I didn't fit the things I was seeing. And so what's interesting, the older I get and the more I start to, I I don't know, I just turned 35 and so I'm, I'm I'm not old and I'm also not like young. And so Mm -hmm. it just depends on what your definition of those two things are. Um, but just becoming myself even more, um, it's interesting because I think that realization is, I wouldn't say less about being attracted to women, but I would say it is becoming more about realizing who I am Mm -hmm. in relation to the world. Yes. So it is somewhat about who I am attracted to, but it's also who I am, Mm -hmm. you know? And Mm -hmm. I've been thinking about that more because we, for so long, there was a a sort of like ally argument with gay marriage and just LGBTQ rights in general that like, Hey, I don't care who you love. And like that art, that sort of, always bothered me because I do care who you love. Like I I care, like I'm a caring person. (laughs) So like, I actually kind of want you to care because that's like the whole thing. Is that like, it? we shouldn't we be like caring people and care about each other and care like what's going on. And like, I know what you mean and I'm not trying to nitpick, but it's like that kind of means you don't give a shit. (laughs) And so, but also I I'm trying to be, because because the fight for transgender rights isn't about who someone is attracted to. It is literally about the existence of that person that like, this is all about the existence of that person. Gay equality, marriage equality was about existence. And we, the argument had to be shifted to a legal thing Mm -hmm. and about love because it was the way that non LGBTQ people could understand it. But now we have to shift that argument back to existence because the trans bathroom laws are not about anything but trans people being allowed to exist in public 
because a lot of my trans friends don't have any issue going to public bathrooms. Like, it's not an issue because um, a lot of them pass. And the, these laws are simply to catch people from existing and, and keeping them out of public life. Because if you can't go to a public restroom, then you have to plan your entire day around going to the bathroom at home and then going out. Like, I mean, it's just ridiculous to tell someone you can't have access to this and you're essentially telling a, a woman to go in the men's restroom and a man to go in the women's restroom. And that causes way more problems than allowing a woman to go in the women's restroom and a man to go in the man, men's restroom. Like, it's just that simple. And I, in my life, have always had problems going to the public restroom. Like, it's still an issue now. Like, I went to a baseball game last night. I, this woman was following in behind me, and she kept saying, like, well, now, I thought this was the women's. I thought, isn't this the women's? Like, saying that out loud, and I know she was talking to me. Like, there's no reason to be talking to yourself about what restroom you're going into unless you think someone around you is going into the wrong bathroom. Yeah. And that seems, like, totally innocent, but it makes me feel like, okay, is something weird going to happen? Is she going to, like, call me out in front of a bunch of strangers? Like, what's going on? And that's happened forever. So I'm not saying bringing this up to... Um, say this is about me. I just mean, like, many of my trans friends and I have had this conversation. Like, uh, my friend Jen Richards is very, like, she's told me many times, like, I've never had a problem. Yeah. And hearing that you have a problem, like, it's just, all, it's all the, all the reasons why this is happening simply to persecute people for who they are. Yes, abs absolutely. A absolutely. And I would add um, not even who they are, mm -hmm. but who other people think they are. Exactly. Cause if you, you, know, you talk to a lot of these people, a lot of people who, I mean, I've seen like NPR interviews, I should say this, I'll reference ones I've actually seen of talking to people in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania and saying like, well, what do you think of this law? And they'll say, I think it's a good law. Cause I don't think I don't support nobody's confusion and Jesus says this and whatever. And then the reporter's like, so do you know any transgender people? And they'll say, no. So like you have this belief system based on something that someone else has told you mm -hmm. who doesn't you. And, and like pro it's possible you don't even know that you have tra trans people in your life, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's all about teaching each other about each other. And that's what the marriage equality movement was, you know? And I hope that we can piggyback off of that. And I, I am trying to, as a person in that community who is also married, um, to keep that moving and keep educating people because there's, even within the community, there's a lot of fighting and exclusion happening and it breaks my heart every day and it makes me mad every day, mm -hmm. but I don't, I don't believe that that's what's going to win because it doesn't, Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't in these communities, it doesn't ultimately win. It might feel like it is, but, um... I don't know if there's any uh, of my trans family listening. I just hope that you know that, I don't know, I support you. And it sucks that people don't. Yeah. I mean, I, for fuck's sakes. It's, um... I just don't understand why you wouldn't want more people on your side. You know what I mean? Like, someone is already saying, like, hey, I'm on your side. I, I'm in this community and you're going, no, you're not like, it doesn't, it just doesn't, it's like I've, I've parked at Dodger stadium 
and people are so ruthless trying to get out of there with their cars. And I want to be like, you know, we're all, we all came here to cheer on the same team. So I don't understand why you're trying to run me over with your car. Yeah. Cause five minutes ago we were clapping for the same thing. Yeah. So like, why don't we just do that? Like I wish sports could get more uh, political. People are always angry about like Colin Kaepernick and stuff. It's like, how many people are talking about it? Yeah. How many people did he affect and how many people are thinking about this? Now? Yeah. Like absolutely. a lot. 50,000 people go to games. What if we were talking about this stuff? Yeah. But we don't because that then, then something might change. Well, yeah. And there's um, a lot of money involved. That is, <laughs> that is all very true. <laughs> I mean, it, I, I mean, the truth is, it's like, I, uh, part of me feels like <clears throat> I'm like a 75 year old reclusive mm-hmm. individual that like lives in the woods and doesn't like out of town mm-hmm. like I'm like the person that's out of town yeah right you know but everybody knows my house mm-hmm. um and especially with the LGBT um Q community you know between the transphobia and the biphobia mm-hmm. and the racism mm-hmm. and the sexism mm-hmm. it's um I was I was 20 when I came out publicly mm-hmm. um, and I was the youngest um, like woman to come out publicly Yeah, back in a time in 2005, 2004, 2005. I am pretty sure I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I read that on a very famous lesbian website. <laughs> yeah. Um that is still in existence, mm-hmm. but not in the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that website is very transphobic Absolutely. and biphobic. But I do love autostraddle.com. Yeah, autostraddle is awesome. <laughs> autostraddle is a great Auto, website. Autostraddle is great. Mm-hmm. Um, we won't talk about the other one, um, nor name it. I, <laughs> I, I like how you roll. Mm-hmm. Um, and... <clears throat> And so for me, when I first came out during t- term two of W, by the way, just to, I like to put things into context because yeah. I feel like, um, there's like a whole new generation of people, which is awesome. And I think it's easy sometimes like I, it's wild to me seeing that, uh, George W. Bush is being, uh, propped up as this like, Hey, look at this president mm-hmm. we used to have. I mean, you're really scraping the bottom of the barrel. If you're comparing yourself to George W. Bush, oh, yeah, <laughs> because like we lived through a war criminal mm-hmm. and that was when I, I mean, I was where this I'm 35. You're I'm going to be 35 in November. Yeah. There you go. We're the same. Yeah. A- we're the same age. I started college. Nine 11 was during the second week of my college experience. Wow. So anyway, that's a context for when I was reading about your coming out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it was, it was a time where they were still fighting to have a constitutional amendment to define marriage as between one man, one woman. Absolutely. Um, we were a constitutional, a amendment. constitutional amendment. Um, and you had, you know, Dick Cheney, whose daughter was a lesbian, mm-hmm. um, and still that is? didn't still is. I think so. Yeah. Well, you never know. Who knows? People, I mean, who knows? Um, and it was, it was a really, really, really big deal. And at that time, 
you know, um, <clears throat> the like Will and Grace was still on. <laughs> Guess what? It's coming back. It's coming back. <laughs> um, it's coming back. But, you know, there weren't, <clears throat> there weren't a lot of individuals that were out that were well-known. And I'm not putting myself in the same category as like a Katie Lang or a Melissa Etheridge or an Ellen DeGeneres for a variety of reasons, <laughs> you know. Um, but it's still... But, but, but in, in, in the sense of, um, I didn't have as huge of a profile. Sure. I didn't have a quote unquote international profile the way that they did. Um, speaking how, of Katie Lang, by the way, yes. um, uh, my wife, Cameron Esposito put constant craving on the other night just for, we were listening to music and I was like realizing, just really realizing how fucking gay that song is <laughs> oh, yeah. like that was an international smash hit and that song is so gay oh yeah so gay anyway it's i mean i knew she i you know the whole thing but sometimes like a new layer gets peeled off and you're like holy shit this is a really gay song oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah from 1995 and it's also it, it, it's so interesting i mean especially it, whether it be in terms of film, in terms of art, in terms of books, in terms of music, lyrics, that as you do um, see time passing, being able to look back mm -hmm. and getting to, because now I have it in my head, like it's now I have it in my head and thinking of all of the layers in the sense mm -hmm. of having to hide, not being able to be open, not being able to be self, you know, to like the intimate, like passion, lust. Mm -hmm. uh, um, it's now I now I'm going to have to fucking listen to that. God damn it. And Constant it's gonna, craving has always been. Dude. It's like, there, there you go. Like, fuck. <laughs> but that's, you know, you were asking me like how long I was out. I mean, that, that's, that's the whole, it's just always there, you know? Yeah. Some people don't realize until later. They yeah. don't. And so, so who knows why? But did your family know? Like, that's more what I mean. Did you have to have I, the classic sit down and be like, listen. I mean, I did. But, and but the context, you know, is different. My parents were divorced mm -hmm. my whole life. So there's like a bit of a sort of, I could say fractured or I could say very just divided life. So like I, I most of the people... I would say 100% of the people that I grew up with as friends in my neighborhood um, have divorced parents. Because if they didn't have divorced parents when I was a kid, their parents are divorced now. Mm -hmm. So 100% of that. So I grew up in a community of divorce, essentially. Mm -hmm. And um, you had your house, and then you had the house you visited. <laughs> and so it was just a very secluded life. Like my parents don't have a relationship. They're not friends. Um, and they haven't been, and no. that's just what it's always been like. So it just very separate. And so that I think also just like, um, influenced my life to be very divided and mm. very compartmentalized mm. and to, ver to just be like, well, this is just, okay, this is just whatever. And I could, I could very easily put things away and not talk about it and not confront it and not be anything. Um, and my, my mom and her mom were very, 
open and fine with everything. I think my mom was surprised, weirdly. Um, and I think she's even surprised that she was surprised. But I think it's just because, like, you just don't think about it, necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. And this was, you know, I was born in 1982. So we're talking about a completely different time. I think it's very easy um, for people, especially people who are not LGBTQ, to think, like, oh, who cares? Nobody cares anymore. Everything's fine. And, like... Yeah, that, that's true, but also it's not always been like this. So it's I'm glad that kids are having a different experience now, and I want them to come out earlier. I always want people to come out, though. That's always a conversation where people are like, I hope one day nobody has to come out. It's like, no, 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 no. That you're, <laughs> you're basically saying I don't see anything, and like that's not what it is. Like it, It's always going to be smaller numbers, and we're always going to be coming out. And what you should say is, like, I'm excited for people to come out at younger ages. <laughs> like, we should just always be celebrating that because it's a big deal, and it's not always difficult. Like, sometimes I, what I would like is for everybody to come out and be happy about it. Yeah. and I, I would like for kids to be like, you know what? I'm gay. And that's coming out instead of like mom, dad, you know, like I, I, that's what I want it to be. I want it to always be there. It's a big part for the individual that comes out. It's not always for the externalized group that hears it. It's actually for the person to say to themselves out loud to another person. It's witnessing, which is a big part of faith and healing and rehab. All of this stuff is witness. Yeah. So if you are a witness to something, that's all you do. You just witness it. You don't tell the other person what is and what isn't. You just witness them. Yeah. And so because it's about that person standing and saying, "This is who I am." Yeah. Period. So anyway, <laughs> I get very far afield very quickly. Um, but it was I did not come out to my dad until I was like twenty eight. Yeah. But I came out to my mom. Um, I mean, the specific story is that I I came out to someone when I was 18, and um, I the reason that I came out was I started college, and I was skateboarding all the time. That was essentially all that I did was I went to... Cl- I set up my classes so I could go skate <laughs> as much as possible, because um, I like legit wanted to try to be a professional skateboarder, because there weren't that many women doing it. Um, there still aren't, but there's a lot of really awesome women and, um, non-binary people and, and trans folks that are skating right now. And it's really inspiring and I'm super into it. I thought I could, you know, sort of break into it and be different. Um, so I was skating a lot. And one day I went to the skate park in Akron where I used to hang out literally every day out in the middle of an airfield by the blimp hanger for, for Goodyear and the rubber bowl. Um, and there was this other woman skating and i almost never saw i was always the only woman yeah at a skate spot or a skate park which was really lonely and really isolating because <laughs> i had really great dude friends but then also dudes just didn't know how to talk didn't know how to interact with me yeah. and when you're a woman that's like quote invading a men's space like on, especially around sports they get really uncomfortable and really mad because they feel like they can't be free. I, mm. I think that's my yeah. interpretation of it. So it's like not always a fun thing. People don't really think about that. They think all the time about like, oh, well, women just do whatever. Just just play the sport and shut up or whatever. And it's like you're not really thinking about how lonely it is to be the only woman doing the thing. Yeah. And even when you have comrades, you don't know if they're like when you're gone, if they're talking shit about you or what they're, you know, whatever. So anyway, I was at this park. There's another woman. I just like lost my mind. 
that there's this other woman there and then she was there with somebody that i knew so a mutual friend and he like skated over to me and he was like do you see that girl over there her name's so and so she thinks you're cute <gasps> and then left and i had never thought about a woman being attracted to me Ooh. Like, I realized in that moment, like, I had only thought about the fact that I was attracted to women. Yes. And that was, you know, wrong. So I spent a lot of time thinking, oh, I'm wrong, and I shouldn't this, and I shouldn't that. And then, you know, getting older and realizing, like, oh, no, this is who I am. I'm attracted to women. But then it feeling always so one-sided internally um, that I didn't realize, and I've only recently come to realize how big of a deal that was to realize, oh, someone, a a woman could be attracted to me Mm -hmm. was like a big deal. And I remember having this like just fully bodily reaction, similar to when I watched Ellen DeGeneres come out on Ellen, that like my entire body vibrated, you know? Um, And so then I had this very close friend who was older than me by seven years, uh, he was moving back to Ohio from California and I came out to him on the trip and I felt like I'd never felt better in my entire life, Mm. you know, just felt Mm. like completely free. But then when we got back to Ohio, I was like ready to set forth on this path of my life. And he came over and was like, you can't be gay. I moved back here to be with you. And I broke up with my girlfriend of seven years. And so I being bathed in the Catholic education that I was and, um, the sort of female life as it were, um, of course ended up in a relationship with that person and it ended up being bad, (laughs) you know, like it was just a bad, it was a bad thing that I've been trying to like, you know, uh, forgive myself for. Cause a lot of time, a lot of that time I blamed myself and I was really young, you know, people are kids for a long time, like especially emotionally we're very young for a long like you're not you don't turn 18 and then all of a sudden you know what the fuck you're doing yeah like you don't and i definitely was like um you know that person saw an opportunity and took it you know and i think we don't talk i think this happens in our community a lot i've had a lot of like um butch or um masculine of center Mm -hmm. Women, non-binary people come up to me whenever I talk about this. They're like, you know, I like really appreciate you talking about this because we don't talk in our community. We get preyed upon by people because they see us. They see that we're um, dealing with this thing internally and it presents itself as weakness. And it can be because you're you're dealing with something that's like highly emotional and highly personal and you're pretty alone in it for the most part. And so that makes you really susceptible to to people that want to take advantage of that yeah and i was and um it had a a huge impact on my life and it still does and i'm still processing it i was able to make some pretty good art about it yeah (laughs) so there's that and i almost died like i got so sick i had to have a, a emergency appendectomy and almost died and that was when i was like i'm not doing this anymore and like broke up with that person and got rid of them and dated a woman and now i'm here on this podcast prattling on about my life oh my gosh (laughs) wow yeah and how 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 long did that last i think it was three years because i was like around 19 and then so college took me four and a half years so it was like the end of college so it was like you know i was almost 20 i think so around there 
You know? wow. So like in 2005 is when I had the surgery. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I was probably like in a surgery bed being like, Heather Monterazzo just came out. This is great news. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But that- yeah, I mean, I have a huge scar on my stomach from this. Wow. And so I have a reminder every day, like in the center of my being. Like literally the center of my being, the core of my being, I have this huge scar to remember like, uh, that time in my life. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that's, I mean, there, the, I, uh, I have so many feelings <laughs> about this. I usually talk about coming out as like, you know, I came out to my mom and she was really open about it. it took me a while with my dad. I, I usually try to keep it really simple, but yeah. Things are, you know, everything's um, different now. So I try to talk in, in more specifics because like, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't mean, know. It's hard. It's hard out there. A lot of people are going through a lot of shit. Yeah. <laughs> this I, I know well. And I feel like it's, and, you know, that's why, it, A, I love getting to have this experience um of getting to do this podcast and you know being very selective with the individuals mm-hmm. that I um desire to have on mm-hmm. you know yeah. um because it's if you're willing I just it, having an intuitive sense and once or twice I've been wrong um well that means you're human Yes. <laughs> Fuck. And that also gives you an opportunity to learn. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. But, but you know, individuals that are willing to be vulnerable and mm-hmm. willing to be honest and willing to share freely. Yeah. Um, and I feel that it, for me, it's... I grew up in a household community, ba 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 ba. Um and I grew up Roman Catholic, mm-hmm. Italian. Though I didn't go to Catholic school. Mm-hmm. Thank Christ. Yeah. I didn't grow up in a, any religion. Yeah. But I went to Catholic a school. Ca- Dominican nun Catholic elementary school that was all girls. And then I went to a parochial school for two years and I was baptized Catholic to go to that school. Wow. So I guess if you want to talk in technicalities, I am technically Catholic. But wow. if I, if someone was baptized simply to go to a school, do you think they really are Catholic? I don't think so. I mean, I, <laughs> and but, then I, I went to Catholic high school, and I then I went to a public college, and then I went back. Were to you Catholic confirmed? College. Yeah, I mean, I did the whole thing. The whole, they did it all at once when you're like an adult because yeah. I was fourteen or fifteen. It was. During confirmation, so I was, like, catching up to everybody else. What was your confirmation name? I don't remember. You don't remember? Nope. Okay. (laughs) Um, See, I don't think it... I don't think it stuck. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I'm trying to say. No, it's... I mean, I was baptized when I was five. Right. um, Because I... Which is kind of late, right? Well, because I had come... I was adopted, and I was adopted when I was five. Yep. Um, And didn't obviously I don't think anybody that is baptized especially in the Catholic tradition has mm-hmm. a choice absolutely you know if you're a child yeah um and you're saying these things at a young age like do you renounce Satan and all yeah. of his works and, I mean of course yeah I don't I don't <laughs> I mean, guess I don't know I mean I don't know like what work has he done <laughs> right yeah. like 
maybe i know it's um, old stuff but i'm not too sure about the news <laughs> you know and and so i grew up in a, in a family in a community where it was you keep your mouth shut mm-hmm. you keep your shit to yourself mm-hmm. what will the neighbors think what happens in the family stays in the family there's you know so would you describe can i ask you this question and you can tell me to shut up if you don't want me to ask those questions so like like geographically where did you grow up i grew up in new york and long island okay so was it would you describe that as like suburbsy oh yes yeah yes because that sounds so you know the like keep it to yourself and don't let anybody know kind of very 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 suburban yeah very suburban I, i i've been trying to figure out the how i would describe the neighborhood that i grew up in but it's i guess what you would call suburbs if you're talking about 1940 Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know like it was built as a suburb at that time frame but then when i was existing there it was no longer a suburb it was like post-industrial like where the part of town that i'm well the whole town is very post-industrial and i mean they it lost its industry beginning in the 70s you know and never really figured out how to recover yeah um so you had a whole town built around this thing that just disappeared and so that's like it definitely had a um an effect on the psyche of everyone i think because there wasn't that thing that you're talking about i i know and i experienced but it was mostly other people and the houses kept themselves very isolated and we didn't know a lot about what each other's houses what was happening but it's such a different thing Mm. it was almost like out of it was like self-preservation and shame kind of well yeah you know but i guess that's what yeah suburbs is too i mean for sure it's 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 um getting to participate in the illusion as opposed to the reality right um and i think that there's also those different um like fiber optics for <laughs> lack of a better term mm-hmm. in tr- it, in the sense of who's friends with who right within the neighborhood mm-hmm. right um so if you're if your family or whatever is like already considered an outcast mm-hmm. you know not that like mine was um then it's uh, how much information are you really going to find out? Like it wasn't like a gossipy, you know, like, you know, I'm sure that people knew shit, um, but would never say anything. Right. It's just something that they can have on somebody else to make themselves feel a little bit, just a slightly bit better. You know, it's like all, everything is incremental hierarchies everywhere. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I hated living there. Yeah. I felt like I I had been placed there against my will. Well, yeah. I mean, I kind of yeah, had, yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. Sure, um, you know, and uh, I I just remember, you know, because uh, you had said that like you'd grown up like with uh, like this is this is wrong, you know, and did you get that from? Did you get that from school? Did you get that? Like, I don't, where did you specifically pick up that um, messaging? 
I honestly literally think it is simply from only ever seeing heterosexual couples as couples. Literally it. Because I didn't, I wasn't going to church. I didn't have, my grandfather was a Jehovah's Witness. Mm. And he, when I, when I was alive, he wasn't going, he would go to, uh, I forget what it was called. He would go to service or whatever, go to readings. But he was getting, he was very older. He was like in his 80s when I was around. Um, and so a lot of times he would have like the, his brothers would come to the house and they would read. But it would just, I would just think like, oh, this is five people talking at our table. Like yeah. it was never huge and it wasn't yeah. overwhelming and it was just what he did. And like he wasn't very separate from our family in it or anything like he celebrated birthdays and Christmas. Like it was, he was in the army. Like it, it, I'm, I'm unsure of his connection to yeah, his, yeah, yeah. his religion, but that was it. It wasn't anything that overtook our family or a, a belief system of, of our family. It was yeah. his thing. It's what he did. We respected it. He respected us and he would do like grace before a meal. And that mm-hmm. was literally it. That yeah. was the only part of it. Um, and so then, and my friends that I was around, they, my best friend did go to church, but like, and I would go with her every now and then it wasn't ever present. Yeah. It wasn't constant, you know? Yeah. Um, and like my grandmother on my dad's side was highly religious, more present there, but it wasn't a day. Never did anyone say anything to me. Yeah. Yeah. Never did anyone pull me aside. Yeah. Although I did get a lot of shit for being a tomboy, quote unquote. Mm. Um, my dad would patrol me to not act like a boy a lot. Mm, mm. Um, so I got a lot of that messaging, but it was never like, I mean, there were times when I was getting older that people would call me out for stuff, but it was mostly strangers. Um, so I, I really think the messaging from early on for me of thinking that I was wrong is simply that I did not see myself anywhere. Yeah. That was not depicted for me. Yeah. I, I wasn't, I, there weren't gay people in my life that I yes. knew of. Yes. Um, I didn't see gay people on the street yes. that I knew of. Yes. <laughs> you know, I just didn't LGBTQ people. Um, it just wasn't an experience. So when you are something you are aware of that something, but that something doesn't exist, it's hard to feel like you're okay. No, I get, right. I, I get that. I and get I think that for 100%. any, any person, any type of person any identity if you're very isolated in your existence it's hard so yeah. then you start to feel like you're wrong and i went to this all-girls school which made it even more difficult because i was like only surrounded by girls yeah and at this catholic school and i know that their antennas were up for that and no one ever um said anything to me or corrected me on anything but it was weird i mean it was definitely weird yeah i had like very intense female friendships that were absolutely like crushes that you would have in elementary school. Um, and it was just weird. It was hard and it was weird. It was lonely. Um, but luckily I held on to it enough, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. But that's why I thought I was wrong. I mean, the closest thing to the closest thing to feeling like, Oh, well I'm not the person that I am. Isn't only me because of Joe on the facts of life. Like literally. Yeah. If that, character hadn't existed i don't know what would wow you know what i mean because like i saw that and it was like breathing i saw that it was like breathing i watched fried green tomatoes like the beginning of fried green tomatoes 
and also just their friendship, which is not a friendship. They're in love with each other in the yes. book. Um, those things, seeing those things, even like Rudy Huxtable being like this young girl who's like doing her own thing and like a, a strong, you know, whatever is like not super, you know, princessy or whatever. Just yeah. like these little glimpses of yourself throughout yes. in entertainment, unfortunately, is the the one of the main ways. But literature, that's, I mean, it's, TV is books now. Like, we just don't read like we used to. Um, And so seeing ourselves is, like, really, I think, a big help to people. Well, yeah, representation matters. Yeah. I mean, look at Sesame Street. People were doing uh, American Sign Language on Sesame Street. I grew up watching Sesame Street with a black married couple and a Latino married couple. Yeah. And a multiple people doing american sign language so i grew up in a place where none of those things that i just listed were part of like my life because a lot of places in america are still segregated not maybe by law but by by just timeline and so i spent my life mostly around what a majority white people but watching those tv shows allowed me to see a, a more wide spectrum of people. And so as a human being, that's not strange to me. <laughs> you know, it seeing a, a black married, a happy black married couple is not weird to yeah. me. Yeah. And a lot of my gener- my white generation, you know, we grew up with the Huxtables and we grew up with the Fresh Prince and stuff. It's not weird. Yeah. You know, like my grandparents loved watching Sanford and Son, but they hated it when I would watch the Fresh Prince. So w- what do you think is the difference there? I mean that, that that I mean it's uh oh, for fuck's sakes. I mean it's power dynamics, I mean, right? Yeah. Sanford like, and Son, uh, they they work at a junkyard. Yeah. It's the whole thing is, you know, they yeah. you can be above that yes. and look down on it yes. and laugh at it. Absolutely. Whereas Absolutely. the Fresh Prince is like a confluence of two socioeconomic yes, uh, uh, status, mm-hmm. right? But it's the it's Bel Air. Yeah. Yeah. He's a judge. Yeah. They're successful. Yeah. They're rich. Yeah. Yeah. They're better than me. Yeah. And even though my grandparents were like uh, forward thinking, leftish leaning, I guess, you know, taught my mom well, obviously, because my mom taught me well, still blind spots. Oh, yeah, for sure. Still. Absolutely. So anyway, man. I can cover a lot of crap. Sorry. No. Sorry, I went so far afield on this. Dude. I'm just talking about coming out and I'm talking about Fresh Prince of Bel-Air no, but versus I, but Sanford and Son. But I mean, like, it, it, but it, 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 yes, like, it, it absolutely makes sense. And like, it's, it, it, it's all relative. Like, it, it, it it's all connected. Mm-hmm. It, it all matters. Mm-hmm. You know, um, not to be confused with all lives matter because that's a crock of shit. <laughs> yeah, right. um, yeah. Black lives matter. It's, for fuck's sake. How I, fragile must you be if someone's saying, essentially, my life matters, it should matter, mm-hmm. and your response is, no, everybody matters. Yeah. You shouldn't even have a response to that. Your mm-hmm. response should be nodding your head in agreement. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, I, <sighs> I, know, I know why people have that response, because I mean, they don't want to. It's the same reason why they get angry when you call them white. <laughs> it's because it's, it's, yes, it's all when related. you call white people white people, they're like, no, we're just people. 
Yeah. Like putting, I, I, I just, I, mm, I think it's divisive. Mm, anyway, mm, mm, it's all just mm, an easy way mm, to get you to, to talk to them about what they want to talk about as opposed to what you were talking about to begin with. I just, <laughs> I find myself these days and maybe really just today, <laughs> right now, recording this podcast, where the use of words is important, um, and all I have are, <laughs> like, all I have is a scream within my soul that needs to come out. Yeah. It's... um. I feel emotionally constipated in the sense of I, it, it, it fucking baffles me and I, I understand it in an intellectual way. And like, this goes full circle to like, you know, what we were talking about in the beginning where I just do not have time anymore to deal with people's fuckery mm-hmm. in this sense. And this is how I, this is how I describe it. You know, like with all of these articles where it's like, it's time to befriend the neo-Nazis. <laughs> it's time to talk to those people. Like, no, mm-hmm. it's for me, it is not my job to be an alarm clock. Right. That I is guess not that's what I was talking about job. with try, saying the, the focus should be on talking to the people that perhaps we disagree on some things, but those things are not whether being a Nazi is okay. You know what I mean? Like, it's just people are like, don't give them a, I, you, you do not give them a platform and you also do not ignore them. Mm-hmm is the thing Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. are very confused about like well you know sunlight is the best yes it is sunlight is a is a disinfectant if someone walks out into it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you Mm -hmm. see it and you Mm -hmm. go look at that yes don't look away yes yes but it is not a disinfectant when you put them on your television show (laughs) or you put them on the radio or you host their blog or you hire them to write this thing and you give them a platform for their unfettered opinion yeah and you do not call them on anything yeah absolutely i agree with you 150 gazillion percent insane to me that people don't understand this concept it's pretty fucking simple and i don't get it but it's easier for white people to have sympathy for other white people it just yeah and and you know what and i guess that's i'm more interested in in getting to dialogue with those that are just wiping the sleep from their eyes Mm -hmm. and are in the process of waking up Mm -hmm. and are willing to listen Mm -hmm. and are willing to totally. um, And in terms of like disagreeing and ba, 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 there are some things with which um, for me, there are, you know, it's layered. I had a friend that did not, that was gay Mm -hmm. that did not support marriage equality. Mm -hmm. 
they were also Christian. Mm-hmm. They also now work for Trump. Interesting. Which is so well, cause fucked. I, I, I thought for a second you're, because there is like a big part of the community that is like actively against it because it's like mainstreaming and normalizing, or I wouldn't, shouldn't say normalizing, but um, oh, what is the word? But, um, and hey, that is a totally valid opinion. And, but, but also you can't, you can't have a community exist across an entire country full of 50 states and and only be isolationist or separatist. Like, you can be as an individual or as a faction of that, but that does not help kids across the country. Yeah. <laughs> that does abs- not help very... Um, that does not help homeless trans youth. That does not help the people who are then separated from everything because of who they are. Oh yeah. And they are not choosing to do so. You know what I mean? So like we have to, so I guess that's, that's an example of what I'm talking about. So how can the like radical LGBTQ separatists who, Hey, yeah, I'm not saying don't believe that because I have no right to tell you what to believe and how to live your life. I don't. Yeah. That's one thing that I do believe in this country. Yes. But as as an overarching group and existence of people who have a shared history that is essentially threads on the street that mm-hmm. we are trying to pull together and we have an opportunity in 2017 with the technology that we have to talk to each other for the first time maybe ever in a capacity that, that builds a, a large population, how can we do this together? You disagree with me thinking that marriage equality is a valuable fight? Okay. What else? What's beyond that? Like, let's set that yes. aside. Because yes. it already happened, yes. and we have the numbers yes. to keep fighting for yes. it. What do you guys want? And how can we do this together? Yes. Is, I guess, essentially what I'm trying to yes. say. Like, we can continually disagree about a policy. Yes. But let's talk about the people that these policies affect. Because I think yes. also there's a lot of people that love to talk about these policies yeah. and have these in-depth policy conversations yeah. and like you're you're very well versed in the policy and all that stuff. Let's not forget that the that this is people. Yes. Policies are people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that to me is what drives me fucking insane. Where it's um It, it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense to me within the LGBTQ community that a, there is such division Mm -hmm. and, and, and that's like what I like was originally, um, you know, trying to say before where it's like when I first came out, Everything was sparkly and mm-hmm. lovely and, you know, like everybody had opened their arms and they were so, and I finally felt like a part of a community mm-hmm. in the sense of, I finally like, yes, I'm fully accepted here mm-hmm. where I had been privately out, right? But I hadn't been publicly out. And those are two very different things. Oh, yeah. And... So would you say when you were privately out that you were sort of like in the closet by omission? Like you didn't deny it, but you weren't talking about it? You know, 
A, I was never the kind of actor. I was never the kind of actor that would do interviews where a question would come out like, mm. so do you have a boyfriend? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like no, that I know, was yeah, never, no, I know exactly was never a mean. question. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I had tried to come out when I was 12, mm-hmm. you know, like privately, um, before like immediately then getting sent to therapy. Right. Um, and like conversion therapy, not conversion therapy, therapy, but just like therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a big, um, it, 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 and, and I don't know, like, I, I can only ever speak about my experience, which is why I think sometimes there are certain things that I hear that absolutely baffle me, mm-hmm. um, where in certain instances I can definitely have compassion. I can definitely have understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I look back on the decisions that I've made and I've been like, wow, like (laughs) you, 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 you had some fucking ovaries, (laughs) like for fuck's sake. Um, because I remember when I was doing, um, I was doing a music video for Sheryl Crow and Ellen DeGeneres was in it. Mm-hmm. And I must what have music been videos called a change will do you good. Oh, it was like me, Ellen, Molly Shannon. Um, what? Man, how do I not remember this video? I don't, I don't know. Weird. Um, and I think like other people, I, I can't remember who, um, but I remember that we were doing a sequence where I was playing the cab driver and Ellen was in the back seat and I came out to her. Mm-hmm. And it was like right after she come, she had come out. Yeah. Within like two years, a year, year and a half, two years. And um, I remember in that moment, I could see that she felt uncomfortable uh-huh. and like was worried about mics or whatever. Oh, but like, yeah. I don't even know. Uh-huh. But it was so important for me. Um, like as like a 13 year old, 14, yeah. like to. Totally. Because of one side had a name for it, Mm -hmm. you know? And I didn't like when I did dollhouse and like, it was like lesbian. I was like, it was like fucking like being like Helen Keller and Mm -hmm. getting it. It's like, it has a name. It has a name. So that, that movie was like the first time you heard that or that someone said it to you. It was the first time that I heard the word lesbian. Wow. And I was like, oh, that's what I am. Because that, that movie might have been the first time that I heard it also. Really? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And it was like, yeah. And finally, I was like, yes, this is what it is. So then cut to when I come out and blah, blah, blah. And like gay community and it's shiny. It's fabulous. And oh my God. And I'm out and it's great. And everybody is, you know, um, very loving and warm. And the reception is warm. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. this is what I'm like. 20, 21. And from then to now, Mm -hmm. I have a very, very, very different view and a very, uh, a a massively different opinion, Mm -hmm. um, on the corporatization. Oh, sure. Of, 
um, the LGBTQ community, mm-hmm. as well as um, some of those that are in quote unquote power. Yeah. Where it is inundated with sexism, it's inundated with biphobia, transphobia, mm-hmm. and there is such a hierarchy. Yeah. And it, it not only breaks my heart, it's, and I think it's part of the reason that it breaks my heart is that, you know, the myth has been shattered, mm-hmm. you know, Oz is really, but a dream Yeah, where, um, and that's why I don't like gay pride. That's mm. why I don't like going to gay pride Yeah, in, in the sense of, I don't want to participate in a lie in, in regards to, and I'm not talking about like small town gay pride. Right. I'm talking about New York Again, gay pride. Both things are true. See, this is where we're getting into both things are yeah. true. Because I agree with you. Yeah. But at the same time, see, it's where, it's where we're in the weeds on the, on the left side of everything. Yeah. Because us being against gay pride just plays perfectly into all the arguments on the other side. You know what I mean? But at the same time, you do have to have the conversation that it's like corporatization of big gay is a problem. Mm -hmm. However, the acceptance of gay people in corporate America is ultimately a good thing because people can have jobs. Absolutely. (laughs) Because we're also talking about people... Uh, feeling safe to feel as a full human at work, also to feel as though they can keep their job. Absolutely. And to get health care and to all those things. Absolutely. So, yeah, does it rile me that, like, companies like Bank of America are marching at gay pride? Like, I think, I think gay pride needs to go back to what it started as. Like, we just have to take it back. You and- know? And I think that happened in Chicago. I don't know if you were paying attention to... Uh, Chicago pride, but yeah. like some very young LGBTQ activists, mostly people of color and yeah. immigrants like took it over and surrounded. Yes. Cause like Wells Fargo and they have like law enforcement people in there. And it's like, dude, this is complicated. It's yeah. complicated because yeah. there are LGBTQ law enforcement who want to be a part of the thing. But then it's like, do I want to be talking about law enforcement at this thing? Like, no, it, it, yeah. but, but both, again, both things are true. So we have to have these conversations as communities and as you can't just turn a blind eye and like crank, crack another beer and dance in your swim trunks anymore. Like yes. dance in your swim trunks, but you better show up to some shit and yes. you better know what the hell's going on yes. in your community. Absolutely. And that's, and, and that to me, I guess is the, Therein lies the rub and therein, therein ignites the rage mm-hmm. within me. Yeah. Where it's... If... Because I saw New York, you know, that Black Lives Matter protesters at the LGBT that were, um, you know, uh, queer people of color got arrested for... Um, protesting and just being there. Um, And I, I guess for me, it's, I will never have the experience of being a person of color Mm -hmm. 
ever, 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 Mm -hmm. ever, ever. I will never have the fear of God put into me when I get pulled over by a police officer Mm -hmm. wondering whether or not I'm going to make it out alive. Mm -hmm. And I can also say that a, I've always been terrified of police. <laughs> B, you know, I definitely have the fear when I'm in the middle of nowhere and I get pulled over by a cop because mm-hmm. I'm like, am I going to get raped? Mm-hmm. Um, but the the larger fucking point is this, where it's even though I've, I will never have that experience of being a person of color, Just like all white people in the LGBTQ plus community will never have that experience. Mm -hmm. How one then is able to say, nope, I'm all good. I'm not willing to um, put myself on the front lines and be... Mm -hmm more uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I'm not willing to do X, Y, and Z. Um, because I've, I've, I've got my shit now. You know what I yeah. mean? Oh, and, yeah. And, well, yeah. And that's the, that's the white supremacy machine that keeps the whole thing going. It's the, and that it's it, the white moderate that Martin Luther King was talking about. <laughs> the white moderate is not somebody that goes out and makes laws. And so, I mean, that's, that's also a problem, but the person that has the choice between even just, acknowledging something and not acknowledging something and they choose to not acknowledge it that is the person that does just as much damage yeah and that and that because you're not doing anything yeah and that to me is like if you are fucking at if you are a member of the lgbtq community and you are marching a gay pride if you were marching for like fucking like the no hate campaign, like against Prop 8, yet you're choosing to stay at home and sit on your ass and not fucking put on your shoes and go out and march with, you know, people of color, like getting to fucking support, getting to... Lend your voice after fucking listening. Getting to lend your voice when somebody asks you to speak. Like, that does not make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can't then say, well, wait, why? Where, where are the, like, allies for, like, the LGBTQ plus community? Well, where it's... But then also you have to look inside of that and think, then what, what is your vision of the LGBTQ community? Exactly. Because your vision of it is incorrect, and your vision of it is whitewashed. It's you know? it, and and it. And just, this is two white people talking about. This. Yeah, I know, and you it's, know, I mean, you know, to pull the the lens out even further, like we're just two white people talking about this. But I also think that it's it just like I fuck like seriously like fuck you mm-hmm. like if you're a member of the fucking LGBTQ plus community, and you're not willing. To fucking like 
Or if you're making a joke about there being too many letters, like we don't need that joke anymore. I've I've, I've made that joke. <laughs> I've made that joke quite I mean, recently. Yeah. I've made that joke. I have literally quite just asked, like, do we have more letters? Because I mean, I'm fine with it. Like, and Jesus there are Christ, more, like, but there who, are more letters. There's yeah. two. There's I and I and A. a yes. Yeah. Sometimes for brevity, I, I yeah do LGBTQ because no, it, I got it. And a lot of people are mad about the Q, and it's like, gee, if that's what you're mad about right now, like, man, well, I don't know. Let me ask you, <laughs> sure, because there's some people that say it's questioning, and other people that say I it's thought queer. It was questioning from before, but I think it's queer now. Okay. And either way, I'm fine. If it if if the Q does double duty, then I, I'm fine with that too. Like I, uh, whatever, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> By me, um, I think a lot of people. I don't know people's um, annoyance with queer. Like they just don't relate to it or whatever. But I've been thinking a lot lately because I'm going out on the road on a 20 city tour. Check it out on my website. Um, I've been trying to think because the the thing is like you when you're trying to like organize thought or organize a community. If you simplicity goes a really long way, right? You know, but simplicity can also be uh, non-inclusive. So it's 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 a, a hard thing. And we, you know, we used to we used to just be called gay, mm-hmm. and that was not inclusive because it really just kind of meant gay men. And so then lesbians, white, gay you know, men. It, yeah, of course. But I yes, and so I'm. I, I'm just trying to find a way. Anyway, I don't know where I was going with that. But um, a lot of people, I don't know. People were like, I don't believe in labels and stuff like that. And it's like, dude, this isn't a label. A label is something you put on something. Yeah, like a piece it's of It's an identity. Yeah. You know, like I, I didn't pick up being a lesbian. I didn't pick up being genderqueer. And I didn't pick up being non-binary and all this stuff i didn't just like choose it off of a shelf and put it on my it was on the inside and now it's just coming out yes yes so yes i don't know i was gonna talk more about the like non-community thing of like you're so divisive and why does everything have to be this and that and why are you so whiny like everybody thinks we're just like whining and complaining and like yeah, I mean, I, I am. You guys are also complaining about the economy and gas prices and stuff like that. It's like everybody's mad about something. And so, like, actually what we're saying, you know, there's a lot these days, like, of, let's say, Trump supporters that are like, why don't you just shut up? I have my own problems. And it's like, dude, I know. I know you have your own problems. And let's not get into specifics. Let's just say, like, you have problems. I have problems. And let's not even get into whether your problems are because of who you that that's what it is like are your problems because of who you are or your problems because of other things and i'm not saying it's brought on by yourself like yeah it's also because of who you are where what zip code you were born into what who's who your parents were like what we're saying is like yes we all have problems there are laws that are discriminating against us existing that's literally all we're talking about. <laughs> like, yeah. We're all trying to get on the same page. Yeah. But if we got on the same page, then to some people, that feels like they would lose. Equality for some people means losing something. Well, uh, well, well when you're privileged, equality all of a sudden looks right. like oppression. But the, a lot of people don't know that they are privileged because they're poor. But they can walk down the street and not get arrested. Absolutely. Or harassed. Absolutely. By a cop or a dude or literally anything. You know what I mean? But it's hard to tell that person that because they are disadvantaged in another way. So 
how, how do we as a country get on the same page? I don't know. I mean, I think that's what we're trying to figure out. And I, I hope that it's possible. You know, I do. I feel... When people are able to take a step back and are able to listen as opposed to automatically being defensive, mm-hmm. you know, and defensiveness comes from fear. Absolutely. You know, so it's a fight or flight response. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So it's, and I think that most people, when they hear that, what they're, what they're hearing is your problems don't matter. Right. Or you're wrong. Um, and what they're failing to recognize and what they really, truly desire. And I say this all the fucking time. I'm like, I wonder how many people are going to say it with me (laughs) that people at the end of the day, their biggest desire is to be seen and held in love. Mm -hmm. Their biggest fear is being seen Mm -hmm. and finding out that, um, the biggest fear that they have about themselves is true, which mm-hmm. is that they are unlovable. Mm-hmm. They're unworthy of love. Mm-hmm. And most people are unwilling to walk through that fear and take that risk mm-hmm. because that would be too painful. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, I will, we all have an origin wound, you know, and it differs from person to person to person to person, but it's, they're unwilling to be healed and willing to have that, you know, wound cut open and get spiritual hydrogen peroxide, <laughs> as I like to call it, put on. Yeah, never use rubbing alcohol on an open wound. I've seen a lot of people do that. It's very bad. And also, hydrogen peroxide is also pretty bad, too. Basically, you should just use warm water because it, okay. it just rinses the dirt out and it doesn't um, attack the tissue oh god hydrogen peroxide is kind of bad for you fuck me just to give you that little okay (laughs) okay this is i knew a woman that poured straight rubbing alcohol into like a burn wound and i was like oh my god Uh, you're gonna lose your arm oh fuck (laughs) me i we just don't even know what we're doing anymore people don't even know how to take care of a a literal wound these days so (laughs) fuck me god damn motherfucker fear response is something i've been thinking about a lot too because to go back to i was talking about my own personal experience in public restrooms a lot of that is fear and people have that response with me on the street not so much in Los Angeles. I live in a place where number one, there's so many people, people aren't paying attention to each other. Mm-hmm. And number two, there's just a lot of different kinds of people. So mm-hmm. people have been exposed to a wider range of expressions of human beings. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot more people like me here. So all of those things, um, fit into it, which is also why I came here, yeah. <laughs> you know, not, not to be like in some isolated liberal bubble to be safe you know, to live a more open life. Um, and this is also not to shit on where I came from because there's a lot of people like me that still live in those places and you shouldn't have to leave where you live just to live. I believe that that's why I, you know, States are all this bullshit or whatever. Um, but at the same time, like if you got to get out and you want to get out, get out because it's good. You know, both things are true. Um, and 
so much of it is so i used to get really angry when people would call me sir i'd get really upset or you know if they they call me miss whatever and a lot of that upsetness was because then i would start talking or i would say like oh no i'm, I'm a lady i used to say i'm a lady all the time and so like a lot of times that person would laugh at me and that would that is upsetting because it's like this is none of the i I'm just a person here and now you're, you're laughing at me. Yes. And I know that that's coming from like a place of their nervous and whatever, but it was just them saving themselves. And then that sucks. And then I get angry at that person. But a lot of times if they call me sir, and then they correct themselves, I'd still be angry about it. And so I'm trying to work on not being angry about it anymore. Cause that's my fear response. And I personally don't really like, identify as one gender or the other but it's it's a complex i'm still coming to this place so it's not something that you know i'm I'm just starting to talk about it a little bit more and in comedy and comedy relies so much on words and it relies so much on like having an opposite effect of something so i'm getting there with it in my comedy and i i uh, somebody told said to me once on the internet that they identify politically as a woman and that's like kind of where I'm at. Mm. It's, I'm not rejecting my womanness at all. I also consider myself to be the collection of of existences that I am. So I'm never not going to be a lesbian. Yes. I always was and always will be. Yes. But you're just a collection of, of your life. And so I am all these things at once. Um, but people are so... Gender is the first thing that we assign to human beings. Mm-hmm. It is the first thing that you are. You, yes. A lot of times your parents have your name, but they've picked your name out based on the gender they think you're going to be. And if they don't find out what your gender, all, by the way, everyone that's listening, when I'm talking about gender right now, this is all in air quotes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because yes. Um, and so they pick two names. So they give you two names. So they cover both bases as though there are only two. And, it's the first thing that is chosen for you and it is chosen for you because there are human beings that are born intersex and then there is a decision made just like you're talking about with baptism like somebody is deciding something for you oh and that breaks my fucking heart you know so if if there is literally one human being that is born intersex then doesn't that to me argue the fact that there are more than two genders if they, it's just like simple, it's a simple science, scientific proof of that. Like if something exists outside of this belief system that you have set up, well, then that kind of negates that belief system or it changes it. Yes. A little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And therein lies, and therein lies, I think the biggest thing. Well, right. It's, because it, if someone, if, wait, so if you're telling me that as a, as a woman, that someone that's quote, born a woman could not be, what mm. does that make me as a exactly. woman? It still makes you a woman because that's who you are. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with you. But- I think a lot of people that are transphobic, it is because they, they think that it is a reflection on them. And it doesn't have anything to do with you. And I would it's say simply this. another person saying, do you see me? And you are choosing to say no. Because if I see you, I don't know if I can see myself. And that, and there you go. Like, and that's the, that's it right there. Because then it's, 
I mean, A, between dismantling, like, white supremacy and systemic racism and, like, like fucking dismantling is fucking really fucking dirty work. You know, like it really fucking is. So yeah, it's, but that goes for everything, right? Where it's, it's, yeah, but it's also simple work of like not laughing when somebody makes a joke about these things and not going, uh, just like not going along with stuff. It well, can yeah. also be like really simple and it's quote hard because you have to do it. It's like simply it, like where you're just like, dude, that's not cool. And that, and that I think though, that, so if I'm more concerned about looking good mm-hmm. and not causing waves, if I, if I care more about my own personal comfort and safety, mm-hmm. um, that is because underneath that, I do not feel safe. Right. Right. So if I don't feel safe, there's no way in hell that I'm going to do anything that is going to threaten that sense of safety. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so if whatever belief system somebody has, right, especially if mm-hmm. it's, if it's one that is limiting, if it is a belief system that is limiting as opposed to expansive. Mm-hmm. And well, you're not a woman. Mm-hmm. You're not really. What? Mm-hmm. Because I've been I've been told what a woman looks like. I've been mm-hmm. told what a woman is. I've been told bop up by X Y Z bop 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 And if there's a possibility that that's not so, then that not only means that there's a crack in the foundation mm-hmm. of it also means there might not even be a foundation, <laughs> but more than it's, it's literally going so deep within, mm-hmm. um, because we're not taught how to think we are mm-hmm. taught what to think. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um, and especially in this culture, it's, you always go with the majority. Because yeah. when you're in the majority, you're safe. When you're in the minority, you're not. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the it's the micro of the macro of the micro of the macro of the micro. Mm-hmm. And I feel as though the only way that I'm able to learn about self mm-hmm. is through others. Mm-hmm. It's the only way I'm able to learn ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was talking about this with my partner and we were talking in general about when people say, I just don't like who I am when I'm with you. I don't, I don't like yeah. who I am when I'm with you. Mm-hmm. I don't like who I am. Um, or I love who I am when I'm with you. Like mm-hmm. I, I love it. Y- you know, getting to see that a lot of the time. No, I'm going to amend that statement because it's shifted. I used to get really big resentments with certain individuals in my life. And it's because I saw something within them that I did not like about myself mm-hmm. at all. And because I was in fear, mm-hmm. 
I also wasn't able to call anything out. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. Um, so, so I feel like it's, um, if we don't, if we don't feel safe, we're not going to grow. And I think that it, it has to come to a point, which is where I feel like, and at least for me, Mm -hmm. and this is just me personally, you know, I've, I've had experiences with depression and suicidal ideology my whole life. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until like, really, I got to the point in my life where I was like, fuck, I'm, this is scary. Mm -hmm. And I'm willing to take action Mm -hmm. where it's like, I'm actually willing to die now. Um, and walk through the terror and walk through the fear because like it was only through getting scared of the fact that, oh shit, I might actually do something Mm -hmm. that's scaring me enough and compelling me to take action to the point that the action that I'm going to have to take is just as terrifying. Mm -hmm. Um, but I have no other choice. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, and I feel like And I don't think it has to be as drastic for everybody. Um, but like when the uncomfortability becomes so apparent that like it's either grow or die, that's it. Oh yeah. That's it. But that's the, that's like everything. Yeah. But most you know, people like, and yeah, everything, but most people I feel mm-hmm. are so neck down dead. Mm-hmm. They're dead in the heart. Yeah. They're dead in the spirit. They're dead mm-hmm. in the soul. Mm-hmm. that they don't even recognize that they are uncomfortable. Yeah. They don't recognize that. Yeah. I mean, we're not, we don't really believe in a holistic approach in this country, in this culture. <laughs> we know? believe in heaven and hell. Yeah. It's pretty black and white. Fuck sakes. It's pretty straightforward. It's pretty straightforward. <laughs> yeah. Um, and on that note, I was, man, I'm just, I'm sucking with like the fucking jokes. I'm like, I know no, there's I an opportunity, it. but yeah. no, I like it. Um, well, listen, um, we really need to do this again. Yeah. I was going to say, do you feel like we covered all the things you wanted to cover? Do you think you, you need another episode? Probably. I mean, yeah. We're like <laughs> fucking like off mic, just fucking cocktails. Yeah, right. Let's yeah. talk. Just fix everything. Because we only met today. I know. We only just met today. We only just met today. And a lot of it was me meeting your animals. So I know. I know. And they're also chill because it's it's so hot. Wait, do you see this? I do. But this cat no. is also sleeping with her arms up over her head. I've just and then Naya's little tongue is yeah. fully out. It's fully the, just hanging out yeah the, it's so cute it's like she's sticking her tongue out because she still does like the nursing mm-hmm. suckling thing it's adorable. it's adorable um thank you for coming on oh thanks for having me um, and um i don't know I, I know we talked about some like very real stuff so i feel like if you're mad at me <laughs> for something that i said feel free to tell me but also ask yourself why you're mad at me first and then also feel free to tell me after that. And then yeah. if you're still like, oh, I am still mad about this because that's a wrong thing to say, then feel free to let me know because I'm always open to criticism. Criticism, I believe, is a roadmap for change. 
Yes. Um, and again, you just get over that first moment of fear and anger that like someone happens to dare or say something to you. <laughs> you can usually find some uh, positivity in it. But um, yeah, if you're if you're a white person, you're like, I'm mad about what she was talking about. Maybe take a second with that. Yeah. <laughs> and if you maybe wonder why you're mad and then keep going and then keep going and then keep going yeah absolutely <laughs> and if you're mad at me fuck off um <laughs> um no like you know i'm i'm always open to hearing you know what other individuals have to say um and with that though i what i've gotten to recognize within my life is that you know my my whole entire beingness was chock full of criticism mm mm-hmm. mhm And where everyone else was right and I was always wrong. Yeah. So I'm getting to now come to the other side where it's like, Mm -hmm. "Ah, action. Yep. I thank you for sharing. (laughs) Yeah. And um, yeah, no. Yeah. 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 No. No, Um, I get that. Yeah. I mean, I don't get that, which is why I get that. Um, (laughs) That's a, that's a conundrum riddle Mm -hmm. math problem. Turducken. Turducken. Mm-hmm. Um, which I did to a telemarketer today, FYI. Oh, nice. Um, I never answer my phone when like I hear, yeah. see weird numbers. Um, and my Sarah Thayer, um, who's a fucking brilliant comedian and friend of mine had like tweet tweeted something or where she's like, now I answer like when I, it's a telemarketer. I answer the phone. I speak in gibberish mm-hmm. and that's what I did today. Mm. Made me feel really good about myself. Yeah. Um, I think if you can do it in a way that's not like too mean to the person because they just have to do this shitty yeah, job. I know. They probably hate fucking doing it too. Well, but also if you like give them something funny in their day. I've like told telemarketers jokes and stuff and like I can tell that they're like they hate their job. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just like oh well this is something to remember. You know what I mean? Yeah. But also I feel like uh, <clears throat> I draw the line just because I'm on the do not call registry. I understand. Like and all that shit to Again, which I'm like. Both things are true. Yeah. Both things like, are true. No. Nope. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, I would love to do this again. Yep. You're fucking awesome. Thanks, Thank dude. you. And thanks for having me. And uh, if you did like this, I am going to be on tour 20 cities in the fall. And all the tickets are on my website, riabutcher.com. Or find me on my Twitter or Instagram or something. They're all there. It's going to be really fun. Hope to see you. Yeah, dude. And I will not be on tour. <laughs> um, I, I won't be. I'll just be here in L.A. Um, with my animals. Yeah. Um, causing a ruckus. Sounds pretty fun to me. Yeah, man. All right, you guys. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.